Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Iron Cannon Podcast, your home on the Star Wars Underworld Podcast Network for in-depth conversation discussion on lore, the High Republic, and the whole canon of the galaxy far, far away. My name is Matthew, and I am joined across the continent by your friend and mine, Mr. Joel Davis. Joel, how are you doing this week? I'm good. I'm pumped. I'm getting my electric chair fixed this week, nice. so I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, that's always, that's always, I gather that's always a, a, a fun moment, a good time. Uh, I oh, had to yeah. shovel snow yesterday. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so that was something that was all right, but you know, is what it is, what it is, what it is when you live this close to Lake Ontario, this far north, I guess. Uh, anyway, this week we're talking a bit more, uh, I thought I changed those notes. Anyway, we are uh, joining the full, we are, we are, uh, what are we doing today? I thought, sorry guys, <laughs> I thought I'd written that part of the notes. Uh, yeah, we are uh discussing we are going into some points about uh jedi survivor bad batch trailer um a bit of high republic news and then yes as promised we're diving into the question how democratic was this late republic even though it called itself a republic there we go i'm back on track back on the train here uh you know things like Things are, things are, but I had a day. Back on the anyway. hyperspace route. There we go. Back on the hyperspace route. Got interested by a path. <laughs> there we go. See what happens when you rely too much on the notes, guys. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we made it. We made it. Uh, some plugs right off the bat. Uh, on Canon Pod, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you to everyone now joining us on Twitter. I, I checked the number, and the number actually is pretty high of, of Twitter views. So I should, uh, I should keep that in mind also on Twitch at Iron Cannon. Uh, yeah, good stuff happening over there. Uh, Tractor Beam, uh, my, my weekly comic books reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Comics come out Wednesday. I get to reviewing them Friday, uh, but 10, 15 minute little audio only tidbits. And I talk about Hidden Empire number two, uh, the, the flagship uh, comic run by Charles Soule in the, this third part of the Cura trilogy. Some interesting bits about the dark side, of course, about the ascendant and uh looking forward to where that story continues to go uh, a few ways you can get more ways you can get in touch with us along with uh, twitter and instagram we get youtube memberships here on the star wars underworld youtube channel uh you can do super chats uh click on there we try generally to get to every single comment but if you want to make sure make sure we get to it as soon as possible give us give us that super chat give us that support uh, and the youtube membership support for this channel, for this network, and and for the Iron Cannon podcast as well, they will 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 greatly appreciate it. Uh, also, the Star Wars Underworld Discord. If you want to get into the Star Wars Underworld Discord, Joel and I are both pretty active in there, along with uh, most members of of the Underworld community. I know uh, Ben and uh, Hannah are definitely in there as well. So is Anna, and uh, yeah, a bunch of other people. Jordan's in there too. Uh, and yeah, a good crew going on there. So yeah, let us know. We will send you a link. And uh, yeah, happy you, happy to have you aboard. Okay, I think that does it for plugs. Uh, Joel, uh, you had some thoughts about Crimson Dawn. You wanted to extend the tractor, so you go. For yes, it. I did. I did. I uh, this theory is brought to you by the good folk at the Jedi Council Forum. Go there if you have. Want to talk to Star Wars, and they were just chit chatting about, you know, how this could all tie into Return of the Jedi as we do, as they do. And, um, oh, hello, chilling in the basement. Um, um, and the idea was, you know, um, how does it affect Return of the Jedi? And their idea is like, um, well, Kira obviously did not destroy the Empire because he got Return of the Jedi. He does definitely give another good old fashioned crippling blow to it as one of the many cuts that will eventually lead to the Empire's downfall. 
and that the idea is that by the time of Return of the Jedi, the Empire really is spread thin. The chaos caused by the whole Crimson Dawn thing has sort of thinned the Imperial ranks a bit. Um, so Palpatine and Vader got to make sure that the second Death Star is secure. Otherwise, you know, they don't want their best weapon, kind of their only chance of holding on to power. Um, and then obviously once the Emperor gets exploded and sent to Exegol, he unleashes Operation Cinder, not just because, oh, well, you know, the Empire failed to protect me. I'm a petty jerk about it, but also <laughs> because, like, hey, you know, Crimson Dawn really infiltrated my Empire. The Empire has been compromised for a while. Might as well just really just get rid of it now and start afresh. So um, that is sort of the working theory of how the events of Hidden Empire contribute, or, mm -hmm. as many factors, obviously, to the downfall of the Galactic Empire and what we see in Aftermath and the Battle of Jakku and all that. So an interesting theory for sure. Yeah, I, Death by a Thousand Cuts. Yeah, I, I, it's really a nice way of putting it. I mean, Death by a Thousand Cuts isn't a nice way of putting it, but uh, a, a very helpful way of putting it, you know, who's ultimately responsible. Of course, in the narrative, in the grand scope of things, Luke, Leia, Han, Lando, and, the, and them, Nine Nub, uh, with the laugh, has to be ultimately responsible for bringing down the Empire. Anakin himself has to be. But uh, all these different factors, all these different actors coming into play and charles soul is, is giving a good case for kira being one of those those influential people who characters who contributes in her own way probably for the wrong maybe the, maybe the right motivations but uh definitely a road to hell paved with good intentions scenario but uh definitely a part of it um yeah, I want to maybe, maybe uh, I don't know if you have any further thoughts to that or if I can go into mine. Oh, no, go ahead. I just was just sort of my little, little theory and I like it. Yeah, little addition. All right. Well, I'm all aboard phase two of the High Republic, as, <laughs> as we on the. Uh, I'm still going through Convergence. I'm about halfway through there, Joel. You're also about the same point. Um, you know, the the mm -hmm. Peace Summit aboard the Paxion uh, with between Aram and Arano and uh the, the different real world politics that are, are influencing this book I'm, I'm really appreciating that i do maybe i said this last week but i said this for a few weeks it really does seem to be a correction um from some of the criticisms and i know julia don't necessarily agree with this or this is not necessarily being your experience but i found it to be a correction of the criticism on phase one adult novels that tended to really show these broad based the adult novels specifically the broad-based historical events with so many characters moving in and out that they couldn't really have any have much of a character focus. Now, I didn't mind that, especially with Light, with Light of the Jedi. I didn't mind that uh, Rising Storm and, and Fallen Star I were more character-focused, and I appreciated that. But what Convergence is doing, it's uh, taking the best aspects of the, the YA novels in Phase 1. It, it's telling a character-focused novel about a historical event, about this attempted and in setting up all the circumstances with Aram and Arano. And we've gotten a bit of that in phase two uh, with some of the flashbacks in, uh, in out of the shadows, I believe, but uh, yeah, more into more detail about everything that's going on. These are adult characters. They're young adult characters. The main characters are young adult characters, but they're able to engage the complexity as adults. And so it's not that this is 
a young adult novel, but it has the character focus of a young adult novel of the phase one young adult novels with the, again, the complexity of and detail of an adult novel and length. And, um, and it's three different characters, four different characters coming in. You have Ziri and uh, Fantu, but you also have uh, Jenna and Geta and, uh, and I guess Axel Greylux coming in, <laughs> coming in hot um, eventually here. But uh, yeah, I, I should say, I, and I really care. I'm halfway through. I really care about what happens with Ziri and Fantu. Uh, you know, I won't spoil anything where I'm at. Um, I don't care about what happens to the to them and what happens to their planet and their planets. I I know the peaceful negotiation as peaceful negotiations are not always very successful, um, especially given such long-standing mistrust. One planet clearly more of an aggressor than the other. It seems to me, but uh, we'll we'll definitely get into that more when we actually do an episode on on this novel because I really do want to do that. We will, but we will. We will. Uh, well, we finished reading probably in January, just just to let you guys know. But we will Slowly. do one. Um, yeah, but I again, I really care about Zirian Fan too. Uh, even including including if they end up together as a couple, like the, I think Zara Cordova doing a job building towards that and developing that Romeo and Juliet type star-crossed lovers thing happening. So uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm liking it. I'm all aboard Phase Two, in part because just this afternoon. As they often sometimes do on a Friday, I don't know. Or it's a Monday. No, it's a Monday. You want to capitalize on the news cycle for the rest of the week. Um, yeah, it's, uh, Del Rey and Star Wars. They dropped. This is this is just in my this week, but it is really news. They dropped uh, an audio excerpt of, from George Mann's play, audio play, "The Battle of the Jedi," uh, that hits Audible on January third. Um, so I won't listen to the clip until I'm done convergence because it seems. A little spoilery, and even the description is a little it is. spoilery. It is. <laughs> I already and listened the, to it. You already listened to it? Yeah. So I'm going to hold off the cast itself. It, the cast list itself is kind of, again, spoilery for Convergence and for Path of Deceit. But that's okay. I'm still excited for for this. It's just the cast list. Really showing, setting up uh, Battle of Jedi to be the, kind of the culmination, if you will, of... Uh, the you know of, of everything that's happened in this wave of phase two of uh, of path of deceit and of convergence and of kevin scott's comic book so uh george man's audio play i'll go through a bit of the cast here a little bit you got uh rafael corkill as creighton son jedi master creighton son from convergence Kristen sier as ida fort forte i don't know a new character here christian barrias as masuk another new character Jonathan Davis as Pirelli. Jonathan Davis, I think, has done, did, uh, I think he did the um, the, the original Thrawn trilogy on your book. I could be wrong about that, but name rings a bell. Yep. Uh, Sean Kennan Elias Reyes as P37A, I'm sure it's a droid. James Fui as the ensemble, I guess that's kind of the crowd voices and whatnot. Unless this is a weird character called Ensemble. That would be awesome, but I, I'm getting <laughs> just Neil Helgers as Elder Delwyn, so there's the first listing in this of a leader of the path of the open hand, which uh, I, I just think is the best. They're amazing. Um, especially become, they become denial and I, I'm loving that story. So uh, always happy to see aspects of them. Philip Hernandez as here we go. Morton Santeca. So got that lineage coming back. Uh, Catherine Ho as Jedi master Solandra show. 
David Lee Hyun, I think she's a master. David Lee Hyun as Selleck, so I don't know. Uh, maybe a new character. Sullivan, Sullivan Jones as Tilson Graff. So there's another family coming coming through. All we need is a, a, a Staros in here. We don't have a Staros in here, but anyway, that's okay. January Lavoie as the mother. We're going to hear the mother. Uh, Saskia Marlevel. So you want to talk about the mother? No, I mean, it's like, I like, I like the mother. She's, I think she's probably one of my, I think he's so far my favorite yeah. character. She's pretty character great. Just a villain. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Saskia Marleveld as Melden. I think that's another character I'm not familiar with. She did, the reason she sounds familiar to me, she was Leia and all the Leia chapters in the Princess and the Scoundrel audiobook. Kathleen McKierney as Muna. Uh, Brendan McKinnis as Geth Serapath. That name sounds familiar to Keth Serapath, I think. Trying to remember, Cassandra Morris as Galenatai, Jenna Galenatai from Convergence, John Pircus as the Herald from Path of Deceit, Sally Safiotti as Ambassador Serox, sure. Mark the Canon Legend Thompson, you have to have Mark the Canon Legend Thompson in this, uh, or this, it's not a Star Wars audiobook. He's playing characters called Mightyon and Craddon. I think his my favorite thing of Mark Thompson. Maybe Darth Vader in the Doctor Afro comic uh, audiobook, that which is which is saying something. But yeah, he's. I mean, he's I always love his original Thrawn voice. His Thrawn, yeah, his Thrawn is amazing too. And uh, Shannon Tayo, this is the one I, I'm most excited for. Shannon Tayo as Marta Rowe, and I'm just excited to hear Marta Rowe. Uh, I'm so excited. She's my favorite new character uh, in in this phase too. Um, so I looked at I looked up who Shannon Tayo was. She, she's uh, a Korean American, primarily stage actor, um, but she has done lots of audiobooks, including uh, Phase One's Tempest Runner, the audio play on Lorna D by Kevin Scott. She was in, uh, she was also, uh, again, she's been a stage actor, Broadway. She can sing, sing really well. Also in uh, Marvel's, was in Marvel's Wastelanders Black Widow narrative podcast kind of like an audio play that was released as a podcast for free um so she's been around she's done a lot and i, I kind of hope she sings something in this because you can you can murder can murder, murder sings murder's got to be able to sing uh, and gotta want to sing and, and there's got to be something about something just incredibly musical including in her descent into uh innocent evil <laughs> If you can put it that way, just just Star Wars musical, let's go. Well, but if there's a place for just like Tolkien esque, like a place for one little song of something, like a lullaby for for the littles or something, because you know that's in Path of Deceit we meet her as as the children's pastor, <laughs> if you will, um, uh, as as the one in charge of the next generation of the Path of the Open Hand uh, and taking care of them, and 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 so. Uh, yeah, I mean, when when they're threatened by people using the Force, a Jedi Padawan using the Force, she gets her mothering defenses up, too. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we know Jedi in this time is the center. Yeah, it's interesting. We talked about, I'm going to just go off the top here and say, so I think in Convergence, there's stuff about Israel-Palestine happening. Uh, I think there's a parallel there. Not on Jedi, for Aram and Arano, but um, uh, interesting Jeddah, of course, is a lot like Jerusalem, and there's this convergence of different, all these different political interests. And well, it'll be, I'm excited to see just how you know bringing in the real world, like we're going to do the latter half of this episode, bringing real world politics uh, 
but also in Star Wars politics and how 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 they move through this, how they uh, you know how they explore more about Jeddah itself and why it's the center for for conflict, this flashpoint for all these religious groupings that come together but also break apart and in conflict with each other. So, yeah, when this was announced, I was excited. But anyway, I've talked a lot about this. Is there anything anything in this uh, this news that stands out? Hmm. Uh, no, I mean I listened to the cl- don't listen to the clip, people. It's a little spoilery for conversions. Okay. Uh, okay. So no, uh, I'll don't wait. listen. To- <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't listen. Uh, don't listen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean I probably wouldn't remember, but <laughs> I mean I read the blurb and it also kind of spoiled a little bit, but that's okay. Like, that's I kind of knew even from uh, yeah from out of the shadows the flashbacks uh, there, which is set you know 120 years after this maybe 130 years after this, that the they continue to be at war. So, um, yeah, I don't quite know. It'd be interesting, yeah, with Convergence to see how they how they get out of this one, get not at, back into this one. Anyway, um, about the Battle of Jeddah, yeah, anything, anything Dark else? Darn history. It's yeah. like, like watching the prequels. It's like, darn it, you spoiled Anakin's fall of the dark side. Man. <laughs> so spoiled. <laughs> it's like this whole thing is called Star Wars. I know. Pew, pew, space conflict. <laughs> I know. How rude to break the peace. Um, uh, but no. Uh, no, I mean, I think Convergence, I like Convergence in terms of like the conflict, especially. I like the kind of local monarchistic, we'll get into that, um, uh, battle going on here. I think that's kind of cool. Um, interesting that it's not a Republic world. I had one. I think it would have been a little cooler if there were two Republic worlds that were fighting each other. I think that would be instead of just two that might join the Republic. Yeah. Um, we'll get into that as well because, like, you're gonna let just this monarchy that seems to be full on monarchy just join the Republic. Okay, um, <laughs> we'll get into that. Um, but no, I mean, I like it, and I like um, I like the Chancellor's kid, the, the Playboy. <laughs> Actually, very like. Yeah, coming again, right? coming in hot. Uh, halfway he's through this book, <laughs> he's suave, man. I mean, yeah. I, I think we're on the same page, more or less. Yeah, so I think probably. he's suave. So, yeah, it, it'll be interesting for sure. <laughs> right on, right on. Um, all right, so so that, that does it for for. I was talking about phase two, and, and as uh, this week in Star Wars, Star Wars. Joel, I got a, I got a few questions for you. Um, yeah. Did 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 some uh, some some fun new things drop this past week? Did something happen? <laughs> I mean, I think some story about some clones and another Jedi who's kind of survive. You know, he's a survivor. You know that that that's the you know. I know, no, of course not. Yes, the Bad Batch trailer and the Jedi Fallen Order trailer. Survivor. Jedi Survivor. I'm gonna keep. I'm going to yeah. those up. I'm going. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, I I forget character names every time. So fair game. <laughs> I know this is title name. This is worse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just. Uh, like mixing up Star Wars style. No, uh, but uh, it's Bad Batch and Jedi Survivor trailer that have released last week. Very fun, very exciting. Um, season two early reviews are already out for people, so getting good reviews. Yay. Um, excuse me. Um, but yeah, um, just a few things from the Bad Batch trailer I wanted to uh point out. Uh, Bail Organa, yay. Um, Gunji, of course. I think we all knew that, but still. Yeah. Um, we, um, I noticed we got Rex and Cody. Yay, Cody coming back, maybe. Uh, well, yes, we knew that already. Um, 
things that really stood out to me were all the separatist remnant forces that we see. We see a lot of battle droids still mm-hmm. in operation, and uh, an episode in Count Dooku's old palace. What's going on there? Um, I doubt will this will happen, but there's a part of me that's like, I hope maybe we could see Anton Krieger from Andor make an appearance because he never showed up in Andor. Uh, that'd be kind of cool, a little cross reference there. I don't know if like the time, I don't know if like production timeline would have allowed that to happen, but I think it would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, very interesting seeing the early days of the rise of the Empire. Uh, Matthew, what were your Earth thoughts on the Bad Batch trailer, and then we'll get to Jedi Survivor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's exciting. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, you know, especially seeing, you know, it being Clone Wars season eight, seeing those, uh, you can't see it. Well, sorry. You can't see my Lego behind me seeing the, the, the Republic gunships are now Imperial gunships. And, mm-hmm. uh, just, yeah, the, the, the shroud of the dark side and how even the dialogue, how Omega, uh, talking to, uh, I guess it's, it's echo and, uh, record there about or about how they left for her and how yeah this is this is uh, season two it's really the time to go into those deeper stories Omega is getting older in her character in her mind I guess we don't know what the aging what the deal is there um, so I do hope they're more like I, like we keep saying about gets said about Andor Bad Batch is one of those stories where it's gonna have to go. In the fan service geeky fan service, that's the new filler, isn't it? Uh, uh, the geeky lore route and the character history story route together, unlike Andor, because um, that's just what this series is. What, what you know, this series is doing. We got Palpatine in the trailer, so we got Palpatine in the trailer, you know, and, and in the Senate, and um, I think that's another another moment of transition. Thinking about how. Palpatine, this, we can definitely get into this uh, in the second half of the show, but how Palpatine, his, we the only place we see him is where we've seen him before in, uh, you know, in, in that the 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 president of the Senate seat thing there. Um, now it's the, the emperor's, not his throne, but his seat in the Senate. Um, it's the same spot. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, seeing that 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 merging between Republic to Empire. Yeah, that that I'm excited to excited to see again. Very intrigued to see. I, I want Gun- Gunji's lightsaber. I want a, a a model or something with that. Imagine if they made it out of real wood or something. That'd be incredible. Probably not. It would have to be plastic, but or in even even a, a black series or something. I'm getting kind of nerdy geeky about this, but that um is an opportunity for the the this, the conversation that happens in the Canaan comic about clones questioning the order and questioning themselves after Order sixty six, uh, you know we see Cody, is it Cody? I think it's Cody mentioning that With to uh, yeah to Crosshair and um, yeah exploring. It's time to go deep and go deep on what the Clone Wars meant, what uh, what the fall of the Republic means, and and. Yeah, I'm glad you know, it'd be interesting to see. Well, we have Gunji there. He, I mean, he's I, correct me if I'm wrong. He's the first Jedi we've seen in this story in Bad Batch. So we saw Kanan. Um, oh, we saw Kanan. Yeah, and and we we saw people connected to us. But but you know, in the in the in the main story, this is that was just a pre preamble. Um, so yeah, definitely looking for and Gunji. I mean, Gunji is such a great character. That, 
glad to see more of him. So yeah. Yeah. Um go back to Palpatine for one second. I'm kind of curious why he's even addressing the Senate. Um, because mm -hmm. he's never been super consistent, but kind of the always the idea was like once he became emperor, he pretty much like shut himself off from like everything and everyone. It's like, okay, Tarkin, Masabia, you you run the empire. I'm just gonna mm -hmm. do dark side things. Um so I was kind of curious, like, yeah. what are you doing? I feel like this is sort of this must be important because, like, it seems like a little Benicio Palpatine at this yeah. point to attend Senate sessions anymore. Like, well, it I'm could be a ceremonial it. legal thing. Could be. Yeah. He already did. He already did the address. The, I know, but like, first, so. you know, I mean, more benignly, right? You know, the, you have the speech from the throne. It's the only time the the crown actually in this, you know, is. Actually, in democracies called the United Kingdom and Canada, wherever the only time the crown or or his representative actually goes, his interesting goes to uh, the House of God or goes into Parliament is for the throne speech. So, like the State of the Union, the only time the president goes into the Senate. So it might Maybe. be something like that. It might be something like that. I feel like by the end of A New Hope, Falcon doesn't even give do those anymore. I feel like he just shuts himself off from everyone by the time of the Yeah, we'll, we'll, well, we'll get into why I think he'd have to, but... Right, right. Yeah. But, uh, but no, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Um, so let's move on to the next big thing. Mm -hmm. Jedi Survivor. Um, yeah. this do we want to talk about the episode like... list first? Or do you want to talk oh, about yes, the... Uh, um, I do want to talk about I, the episode I, list. I mean, I, I don't have to talk about it too much because, you know, there's going to be 16 episodes. Mm -hmm. um, oh, actually, yeah, let's talk about the episode list because it's uh, one more little me... cool thing to think about. Is, um, you know, got a uh, two-part premiere, two-part middle mid-season, and two-part finale on March 29th. That's the, uh, mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of people, some people have speculated, you know, March 29th will be the fifth episode of Mando. March 29th mm -hmm. episode is known as The Summit. And Plan Ninety Nine. Interesting. Um, we know because of uh, behind the scenes stuff that we there that the the mountain we saw at the end of Bad Bad Season One is Mount Tantus, mm -hmm. and unless it's a political summit, which I we would hate, always possible. <laughs> I'm more or less guessing it's a summit of a mountain, and we're going to the said mountain. Um, I'd be curious to see if, if there will be any synergy between the Bad Batch and the Mandalorian mm -hmm. to match those that finale and that episode five up. Um, given that it is kind of Bad Batch and Mando are kind of connected because it's all under Filoni's purview, different teams obviously still, mm -hmm. but he's overseeing Bad Batch and Mando a little bit more closely than say Kenobi and Andor. Um, yeah, so. I'm curious if they're going to try and go for synergy or not. I'll be very curious. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a Joel and say I feel like it's a bit of a cold take. <laughs> I <laughs> take that as a compliment. Take that as a compliment. <laughs> I hope you do. Uh, of course, course. <laughs> I I mean it's possible. I just I don't know. I I think I think Mando is just kind of doing its own thing in a lot of ways. It's going to talk deal more with everything going on with Mandalorian. Or Mandalore, sorry, Mandalorian is doing <laughs> dealing with its own thing, dealing with more about Mandalore in this season, Mandalore. and then everything <laughs> with Grogu and cloning and all that stuff. I feel like they're gonna at that part of the timeline they're gonna wait. I think they're there. It seems to me that's too connected to everything with Rise of Skywalker, uh, or even just with Snoke and everything. Um, so uh, my sense is that it's safer. Or, and safer by the 
by that meaning more storytelling more open opens up to more storytelling in the future by holding off and just dealing with it in bad batch i do think it's gonna they're gonna deal with it here i mean i hope you so. don't show mount tantus clone conspiracy all this cloning stuff i mean we saw the destruction of camino there, there's got to be more we saw that ex, the other camino x planet uh in the sky not in the, the sea um but yeah it yeah you know again that's possible i'd love it i think i'd be excited by it you know this is the the canon connections show canon connections podcast here so love it yeah but i i, I won't hold my breath fair enough that's always a, that's always a good bet never <laughs> hold your breath that's always yeah. a good bet yeah. um but now on to jedi survivor yes, yes the gameplay trailer speaking of um, <laughs> looks lots of fun looks mm-hmm. very exciting um story not a lot of story for the uh the geek the for the um mm-hmm. the trailer itself obviously but we do know um that i guess the big thing that we could talk about since it is our channel um mm-hmm. sorry sorry excuse me um was um the fact that whoever this new character is this dude in a tank um mm-hmm. is old and yeah. perhaps from the High Republic era, given both the gold robes he was wearing and also the fact that uh, on Twitter they, yep, there you go. Matt I'm just sharing lots of tweets today. It's, it's what I don't know. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, there you go. Matt Martin mentioned himself, so yeah, and maybe one bar, and I don't know what kind of alien he is. He's got pale yeah. skin, yeah, or he's just really pale and got big old blue eyes. Yeah. Um, but looking lots of fun, <laughs> loving Cal's look, loving um, <laughs> loving uh, oh shoot, what's her name's look? Now she's bald. Uh, sorry. Who, oh, Seer. oh, Seer. Yeah, I forgot her name last time. So there we go. Seer Jinda. Yeah, she seems yeah. to be really going full on Jedi, even going all Jakarta new and getting the, yeah. our own Jedi Loving. archive. Loving um, Alyssa Wong talking about here. <laughs> there we yeah. go. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, going going. getting the Jedi archive mm-hmm. going. Cal making himself enemy of the Empire. Where's Marin? I hope she's okay. I, yeah. I don't want her to. I, know, I like her. Maybe she went back to Dathomir to hang out with her, her dead sisters. Her dead girlfriend. Grizz. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Grizz. Like, I hope he's okay too. Like, yeah, that's thing. true. Yeah. Um, But no, it, I hope he's from the higher public because it's, it's always cool to see stuff from the, from the past affect the present. Mm-hmm. We're seeing that a bit in the comics. Right yeah. now with Ajax, um, so and obviously True. we have seen it already with Luke seeing High Republic Jedi in mm-hmm. Weird Visions. So there's that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that's really cool. I think it's interesting that we're slowly but surely getting our eyes on screen for High Republic stuff. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know what I'm talking about. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> uh, even if you explore the internet like I do, um, yeah. but seeing it more um, translated to screen, um, nice. and Fallen Order, are, well, we do consider video games paper canon. I do think Fallen Order is like, you know, if, if screen cans here, then Fallen Order is like getting so close to touching it because it's it's story driven. Star Wars, I think, has in video games mm-hmm. has a lot more influence on the wider yeah. narrative, uh, at least visually speaking, um, than maybe at least for like the multiplayer games that have a campaign tacked onto them. Um, these are single player Star Wars story driven games. Um, yeah. And seeing, you know, a High Republic thing, possibly. We don't know. We're going to go by Matt Martin's vague tweets, but it's cool that the gold... He's <laughs> either wearing a High Republic robe or he's High Republic, so... Yeah, it's it's an acknowledgement of the era. 
yeah at the very so, least yeah so that's very exciting but mm-hmm. matthew yeah well first i want to touch on that you know the whole our our video games paper canon so what it seems to me is they're they have the the commitment to more connections to paper especially with the battlefront 2 story right i mean that that one is so tied in um you know i mean even, even i mean of course with the aftermath trilogy with the shattered empire comic uh, of course, that came out in an era where we thought things would be more tied in than they are. Um, it's so tied in, uh, even now. But even now, to see to see this continue, that. But yeah, right. It is a visual medium. It is a, a a moving picture medium, and has the popularity. I mean, the video game industry is bigger than the film industry now, which is which oh, is yeah. saying something. But you know, over the last few decades, it's steadily taken over. Um, in terms of terms of sheer numbers, right? In terms oh, of yeah. people who are more committed and in numbers in terms of people, in terms of money, dollars. Uh, so yeah, I mean, people who aren't even Star Wars fans, people who aren't even higher Republic fans, uh, like the casual or the original series, original trilogy only folks who, you know, in my soccer fan group who maybe watch the shows and whatnot, but aren't necessarily able to be fans now. Uh, to the same extent or give the same time commitment I'll, I'll put it that way um they'll still play jedi survivor and they'll encounter this high republic thing i mean maybe they might not even mention high republic they might just say uh from 300 years ago or whatever and those of us who who know the era will say oh yeah that's definitely what's happening those who don't it's gonna be one of those things right kind of like Kersantin or i don't know uh, Ka- uh Cobb vanth right it might be one of those things but this is clearly stronger, uh, you know, the, with the robes. I think is is a very clear, tangible. See what I see what I'm doing there, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's it's yeah. on my computer screen. Tangible uh, example of High Republic storyline. A few other things, um, different locations that have been speculated is uh, is that uh, Jabim, I believe, or is that some other places. Uh, that we've seen in in Kenobi, just like we saw uh, the the Inquisitorious Tower, um, also in Kenobi and in, in Jedi Fallen Order. Of course, we we don't know what the order of development was for that in the real world, but that uh, could have gone either way. Um, that library that Seer is at, I don't know if it's necessarily the same location, but it looks an awful lot like Jocasta News Library in uh, the Darth Vader comic in Charles Soul, which yeah. is where Jocasta New had the list of four sensitives that the Holocron in Fallen Order is a copy of. So maybe there's a connection there. Does that kind of weaken the fact that yeah, Cal Spoiler alert, destroys the Holocron at the end of end of uh, Fallen Order? I don't know. But maybe, maybe the Holocron is how Seer find Seer knows about this library, so something like that. Yeah, I'm I'm just excited to see those connections. But even more than that, continued. Uh, you know, what does it mean to be a Jedi in this time? What does it mean to be to to follow the light and be a servant of the light in a galaxy completely overrun with darkness and with self interest and and evil, um, both the evil of a great empire and evil of 
like Gandor showed all the, all these corporations taking charge and private interests and individualist interests and um, what does it mean to fight for freedom in that context? Uh, and, and then also that that awesome lightsaber scabbard or, or claymore thing. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Also, lots of battle droids. Again, the battle droids make a comeback. The, uh, the I, think, I think that's a, also a separatist sphere that he's yeah. climbing through. So we had the Venator, now we're having the, the, the Separatist sphere. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and again, I'm kind of curious what this uh, this new dude's uh, antagonist's deal is. Right. Uh, it looks like he might be just doing his own thing. Very yeah. um, great. you got Darth Maul doing his own thing, now he's got this guy doing his own thing. Like, and well, in, in Fallen Order, you had that other guy on, on, uh, on um, not Mustafar. See, I'm blanking on locations now. Where the Night Sisters are, that place. <laughs> oh yeah, that crazy dude. Um, yeah, the guy kind of looked like a more buff version of Sabaoth. Um, yeah, yeah, that dude. He was he was cool. I like. Yeah, yeah. I love seeing third factions uh, like mm -hmm. that. So that's gonna be yeah. interesting. Yeah, but overall, really, yeah. really excited. Mm -hmm. Kind of curious how what how the story goes and yeah. where Cal Kestis ends up. Really, like I'm still I'm curious if like. Maybe mm -hmm. he gets, he lives, and they give him one more game, next yep. little trilogy game to round his story out before you gotta go because the guy's coming. Yeah, well, because a new hope's coming. Yeah, a new hope's coming too. Yeah, you know, I gotta get, gotta get rid of all the Jedi who Luke can meet because uh, don't want that. Uh, can't yeah. have that. Uh, one last question: What do you think about the release date? <laughs> you think uh, um, a lot of nerds are going to be staying in on St. Patty's Day? There we go. Eh, probably. I, I, I use the term nerd affectionately because you know. I, I don't I mind so. singing. <laughs> yeah. Probably, so. honestly. Um, yeah. I think so. Uh, I know I will be. Yeah. Are you uh, gonna are you gonna buy are you gonna play the game or are you gonna watch playthroughs or I'm gonna watch playthroughs. I don't have a PS5. Yeah, I'm enough. holding out just a little longer. Yeah. Until something that's fair. I really want comes. But yeah. um mm -hmm. but no, I'm I'm waiting. But no, I'm gonna watch playthroughs and obviously got gotta know that lore, gotta know how it affects the wider oh, sure. narrative or doesn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. or just see what kind of new things are added to Star Wars, which is always <laughs> fun. One um, last thought: I really want to see Zepho in other media. Oh yeah, me that's too. what I, I want to see them explore. That. Anyway, I want to see the Zepho storyline continue. I feel like it's there's untapped potential. There. Yeah, maybe that's what Cal ends up doing. He ends up going. Maybe we talked about this last week or something. He goes to the uh, the outer rim or the unknown regions or even beyond the unknown regions to the expanse or whatever, and. Uh, finds a Zephyr. Ends up in the Expanse galaxy. No, that one too. That's I'm sorry. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean like in uh, well, what the Chiss call the uh, regions. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, anyway. I mean that that'd be something. I mean that's something in general. I mean I don't. I'll talk. Maybe we can talk about it another time. But like that's yeah. something in general. Like what's beyond the Star Wars galaxy? It's a universe, not a galaxy. There's not like yeah. the universe is one galaxy. There's got to be others. <laughs> I would hope. Um. But yeah, that's that, I'm excited. I'm excited. Bring it on. Bring it on. Okay. I guess it's time. Yeah. I have one last question for you, Joel. Okay. Just how democratic was the late Republic? How democratic was it? <laughs> um, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> uh, well, let's be democratic about it and ask our lovely listeners who took a poll with us. There we um, go. So this all started with an idea I had 
which I probably should have reworded now that we're using this question, but oh well. Yeah, whatever. You'll learn. You'll learn. No, no, that's fine. This makes sense, too. And that asks, was the prequel era Republic a democracy? Democracy. 54.2% said yes. 45.8% said no. 24 votes were cast. There's still an hour left if you want to vote, by the way. If you want to bump that up. Bump the no off. Vote (laughs) Vote now. Um, Yes. Because it seems in Star Wars, we always... I love our memes. I love our memes. Anyway, sorry. Keep going. (laughs) Because in Star Wars, we seem to have one of two government galactic systems. We either have the galactic a republic or some sort of evil empires ruling the galaxy and one or the other. Never both. Never anything. <laughs> Where are the monarchs in the world? Where's the galactic monarchy? The king of the galaxy. Where's <laughs> that? Um, um, <laughs> but it gets into an interesting question of are republics democracies? Or are or can a republic be democratic? Before we begin, I think it's good that we define our terms here. Because I think let's, go, let's put our poli sci student graduates has on. Time to go back to school. Yeah. Okay. So, like a good poli sci student, I got my definitions from Wikipedia. Um, as you would. As we would. So, <laughs> the demo- de- definition of democracy: democracy is a form of government in which the people have the authority to deliberate and decide legislation. Or choose governing officials to do so. Mm-hmm. Literally Greek, ruled by the people, whoever the people may be. Mm-hmm. A republic, or the definition of a republic, is a republic is a state in which power rests with the people or their representatives, specifically a state without a monarchy. And also a government or system of government of such state. Literally Latin, a thing of the people, whatever that thing is, or whoever the people may be. Yeah. Obviously, we have Greek and Rome as sort of the mm-hmm. old school democracies and republics. Um, and obviously, uh, George took a little bit of inspiration from Rome in terms of the Galactic Republic. Obviously, the Senate, the Senate, mm-hmm. obviously, is sort of the embodiment power of which the galaxy was governed. But does having just a Senate without an emperor, without a king, without a lord, all powerful being, makes you a democracy or democratic as you were well i think the first thing we should start with folks is that the answer is not necessarily no i don't think so at least i don't think so i think that um you know you can have a senate do the legislative thing but not be democratic again let's go back to rome Mm -hmm. who were the senators of the senate were they the average common folk the peasants the farmers the workers Nah, they were just uh, mostly landlords, generals, people with big mansions, yeah. the old... Big, uh, big paterfamilia. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or if you go back to the early days of these United States of America, the self-proclaimed greatest country in the world, because we are, we got nukes. Got nukes. <laughs> I got it. I'm excited. I'm just having fun today. Um, <laughs> excited to have Nick Central. <laughs> you got to vote, but you got to have land to vote. Yeah. If you want to run for Senate, well, actually, you couldn't run for Senate. Governors appointed the Senate back then. So yeah. the people were landed people who are very white. So not us because we don't have land, but mm-hmm. we are white. So we, we're close. We're getting there. 
we were we would have gotten there back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that clearly means you can have these institu- Republican institutions, but not be democratic. Uh, before I continue with our in-universe discussion, Matthew, would you like to add anything? So two things. Uh, I want to maybe the distinctions and the connections between the words democracy and, and republic. Uh, sure. Democracy okay. ruled by the people, ostensibly, theoretically, ideally. Uh the, the Latin Republic, it, it's more a bit more abstract, almost esoteric. It's a thing of the people. It comes from the people. And so there is the potential for it to be extremely democratic. And in the 19th century, that was a big, big push, a big part of the goal. Um, I mean, in, in the 18, late 18th century, too, uh, to define the people a little li- a little wider, a little more broadly. But uh, as, you, as you hint with with who gets to vote and who gets to hold office uh, that it, everything hinges on how you define the people. Um, you know, and, and if you define, and by that, you know, you could theoretically say, yeah, it is everyone, but you know, we, we, in North America, we, you know, we limit voting rights to people over the age of, of whatever. I mean, depends on province and state, but you know, but we still consider kids being of the people. We also have, of course, the Bill of Rights and the Charter of Rights and Freedoms and other things that other ways of um, being democratic and having democratic safeguards that are then limited by corporate interests and limited by other people would argue limited by regulation and corporate interests would argue being limited by regulation. Corporate interests being defined as a person is a big problem for democracy. And that's I mean, that's both of our colors showing there. Um, but yeah, I, I, so that's a big point. Another thing, and um, this this gets at what I was thinking about in terms of what is Palpatine doing in the Senate? Uh, in the Senate, there, um, you, know, you brought this. Uh, you brought up this point. You know that um, the U.S. Senate it became an elected Senate. It became uh, you know every you know a statewide office that. Every every four to six years or whatever, you you vote for your senator, and or one of two, and because of that, because it has a popular mandate, the popular mandate becomes this goal that everyone clamors for, and therefore, well, a popular mandate to actually introduce legislation, to pass legislation, to take part in governing, um, and, and take part in. in not not necessarily initiating budgetary legislation, but having the power to to amend it and strike things out, and um, maybe propose propose new 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 laws and new act new bills. Rather, um, it becomes this prize that all the corporate interests and the private interests clamor for, and limit newer voices, limit newer uh, you know newer minorities, marginalized voices from actually getting a seat in the Senate. And so, um, because it's uh, it's a popular vote, it's less democratic in, in its result. And I'm not saying that's inherently there, but it's one of these problems, almost to catch twenty two a little bit, with giving uh, too much popular mandate because popular mandate equals power. Ironically, you know, I'm sitting here north of the border. I don't really consider the Canadian Senate undemocratic. I mean, you know, it, 
it's unelected. It doesn't actually, I have never once voted for a senator. Uh, it's appointed by the prime minister. They're appointed by the prime minister. And so usually there are partisan senators. But just like the crown, they don't actually have any power either. They can't propose legislation. I mean, they can. They can't ultimately block any kind of any law coming from the House of Commons, a bill coming. Our Senate can. That's right. the problem. Right. It, 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 the only real, it, the check it has is it can advise, it can say, eh, is that the best idea? Maybe you want to hold off, whatnot. It's really just, uh, you know, there, there's former hockey players and former, you know, former whoever's or mean astronauts in the Senate, you know, whatever they get appointed. It's a nice thing to give kind of a, a sense of, okay, continuity, whatever. You know, abolish it, don't abolish it. Kind of nobody really cares because they don't actually have any power. It's a, just a bit, maybe a bit of waste of money, but whatever. You know, um, it doesn't really stop things. There are other things in the House of Commons that stop uh, democratic progress, democratic voice. Um, but, you know, yeah, and like the crown, it doesn't really have any any power. So most of us don't see it either way as democratic or under democratic either way. My point being, an election can be a source of democracy and can also be an excuse for undemocratic institutions to fester. And so that's why I think Palpatine's in the Senate, because I think the, elect, the Imperial Senate is probably, I think, still elected. In most most planets, most worlds, it might still be elected. The senator from Chendril is likely still elected. I know the senator from Alderaan isn't, but Alderaan is democratic in other ways, even if their head of government isn't elected, which is another irony in Star Wars that we'll get to. Um, I think Palpatine is there in order to actually give legal legitimacy to the Senate so the Senate can give him moral legitimacy as an absolute dictator. And we see that in in governments the world over. I'm going to go there. That is precisely how the Russian system now works. That's, I mean, that's how the Soviet system worked before. Um, a little bit. Not, no, well, look, I guess there weren't elections then. But um, there was still a legislature. You know, Yugoslavia had a legislature. Um, you know, Colonial powers here in North America had legislatures that represented the people ostensibly, but didn't really have much power. So, yeah, it, it's what I'm, my point being. It's tricky to say just because you have an elected legislature means you're democratic. Um, oh, yeah. rest of their laurels. Rome had one, and they weren't yeah, democratic. Exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I think I think we both agree. You know, having an elected legislature even without an emperor or a king is doesn't make it democratic. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, also, you know, our Senate has the weird filibuster rule, which we're trying to get rid of. Yeah. I mean, the filibuster is one of those things. Like, yeah, so. We should easily be able to pack 61, 51 seats. Mm. And then, you know, we never can, uh, cause mm. we need 60 and that's so stupid. Um, yeah. and then there's the whole, like, good, you know, California could, you know, a state like, I don't know, what's a, what's a small state in Utah have as much power as, say, California, where right. half the population is and where the fourth largest economy in the world. Ding, ding, ding. Um, mm. Take that. 
Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know, like, Canada be like one of your big provinces that has all the population and mm-hmm. having as equal power, say, a province that's mostly snow or. Well, <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, so, well, that's an interesting question. There's Alberta, which isn't that small, but I mean, they they constantly resent federal government overreach. Um, they are the Texas of Canada. <laughs> They've tried to make. They're now trying to make, uh, you know, pass pass a law, pass a bill in their the Alberta legislature. I've heard of it. Granting them greater autonomy. And it's not going to be, it's not going to pass the Supreme Court. It can't be constitutional. But yeah, I mean, the, that's another issue that I think Star Wars gets into is local resentment and local uh, divisiveness. So. Right. And I think, you know, I think, but again, much like local versus federal, we also have to understand what do the locals think the people are? I know yeah. a lot of people in the South know that the local governments don't always see all the people as people and we know what kind of people mm-hmm. they don't see as people because they used to not see them as people um, and it's sad that Canada had to use interstate commerce to get that yeah. and not a bill of rights anyway. exactly um, but uh, we will let's go into a little bit of in-universe history now we're going to get to some Star Wars nerdy history before we get back to our real world stuff okay um, where are my glasses oh, Sorry. <laughs> so what is the you know the, the republic the prequel era republic? Well the prequel era republic is the republic formed a thousand years ago in a thousand BBY after the fall after the fall of the last republic that fell because of a Genesis war. Um not much is known in canon of what exactly that republic was like, but if we go by the legends, um continuity, we know that um in legends the republic back then had a very much with a very much a core central world where core planets had a lot of influence, even though we're outer rim worlds. Uh, core worlds could vote in more. I know I keep spelling that wrong. Um, it, it's, it had a lot more like it'd be like Coruscant had like ten votes in mid rim mm-hmm. world had like one. Um, the Rusan reformations that saw the formation of the prequel era Republic in Legends. Change that so that now more planets had equal rights distributed among each other. You know, one planet, one vote situation. Uh, the Jedi armies were disbanded. You know, the judicial system, the judicial core was created, etc., etc., etc. Um, take your breather. Take your breather. <laughs> I know. I'm excited. Um, in terms of what the Republic actually is. Mm-hmm. It's an odd mix. It's like the yeah. European Union mixed with the UN all in one. And the uh, United for, States. And a little bit of the US. Um, yeah. Because it's like, it'd be like a bunch of different, all these different planets, which are essentially just countries on their own with their own traditions. Like you got mm-hmm. your kings, queens, your parliamentary kings, and you got just your governors mm-hmm. and, you know, all these different places with alien races and even multiple species on them as well. Mm-hmm. Kind of all just part of the single galactic entity. And at least from what I remember of canon and bit of legends, you know, not all the senators were directly elected. Some were just outright appointed. Some mm-hmm. were just representative so that the planet can get some good economic commerce and trade going. It's sort of like a mix of a free trade zone and a protection ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, very mafioso, I know. But, um, but obviously you got the Galactic Senate sort of 
organizing it and like you know if you're a part of the republic you get free trade with all these other planets and benefits and protection you know mm -hmm. allies and stuff like that as well um so you have that going for, on for you and it doesn't it just kind of curious that um uh you know hi everyone by the way hi hi, hi claire um sorry mm -hmm. uh but it just makes you wonder it's like you probably have planets that, at least to me, and I, I don't, I haven't seen many super big examples, but I feel like they exist of like planets that probably are very autocratic with very autocratic tendencies being allowed to join mm -hmm. the Republic pretty free of charge. Like, it don't seem like they had to change that much. I mean, I don't know an example of like, oh, you have to change your way before we let you join. Um, at least not in the late Republic for sure. Yeah, uh, I just want to just comment there. I mean, the only thing is we've seen we haven't seen stories of planets joining the Republic. Maybe High Republic might show that, but we have seen like in uh, in Tales of the Jedi, we have uh, Dooku going to that planet, and got the senator who seems to be also the one in charge, woefully neglecting people, the people, and uh, it being it becoming very autocratic over the process in the process. So. That's yeah. more likely. Um, use American history after the Civil War. We tried for a little bit to bring back in the Southern states that succeeded, obviously, because you know mm -hmm. we want we weren't just gonna let them go away. That's why we fought a Civil War. And it's like you know, hey, Southern states, pick your act together. So you better let people of color into power. And we tried that for a little bit, mm -hmm. but then stuff happened, which I don't know the exact details where. We backtracked on that big time, and while obviously slavery itself didn't come back, you know, stuff like, oh, well, you know, let's, we can keep the white, uh, the people of color out of power, we can Jim Crow this thing, mm -hmm. and the federal government just like, eh, whatever. Not to like, <laughs> till like a couple of yeah. leaps and bounds of like the 20s and eventually the Civil Rights Act, where it's like the federal government was like, hey, get your act together, Southern states. You know, you can't just put a, you know, literacy tax on people of color who want to vote. Right. that discourages them and i'm curious if the galactic republic ever had like hey monarchy dude who oppresses his people you can't come to the republic unless you really reform and you have your human rights record shape mm -hmm. and you let people of different you know it's like naboo better let the gungans have representation in their parliament sure. no taxation without gungan representation <laughs> or the moncala yeah. and the Quarren mm -hmm. kind of divide where it's like, hey, yeah. Moncala, you both share the planet. You better be equal about it. And, you know, mm. so it's just kind of interesting that the Galactic Republic, which is or like, if we, it's like if all the world, it's like the World Republic of Earth, and yet Saudi Arabia gets a Senate seat, and France gets a Senate seat, and they're pretty much the same locally with all the well, local. I mean, that's called the United Nations, right? It'd be like the UN actually had power yeah. and was like the the, the the governing entity of Earth. Um, if we all technically were like one people, but in a weird way, but without, but with like a one army or something, or no army. Um, so, kind of dystopian, a little bit. <laughs> Star Wars is weird like that. I mean, you got the yeah. local defense forces, which is already kind of weird. Um, it's just odd, and I've always found the Galactic Republic mm -hmm. odd as an entity onto itself. But uh, I've talked a lot, Matthew. Yeah. You're, you're just have your been your thoughts on the Galactic Republic as we've seen in canon, maybe whatever you learned in Legends, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. 
Well, again, and this is maybe a bit kind of on my monarchist high horse a little bit. I mean, it doesn't really play out this. It doesn't at all play out this neatly in the real world. But uh, by and large, the monarchies that you see in Star Wars are actually more benevolent than more Republican systems. It's this weird sort of paradox. I think maybe George was trying to say, no, wait a minute, uh, America and Republicanism, it might not be all it's cracked out to be. I think that's more what he was getting at because you know there's been some pretty repressive monarchies in the past let's just say that but you know get Naboo and Alderaan and uh you know especially Naboo and Alderaan and Mogkala and you know these hereditary monarchs well I guess uh Alderaan and, and Mogkala being hereditary monarchies Naboo still being clearly a monarchy we know from E.K. Johnson's novel that they have a parliament and the parliament has a cabinet with an executive, and so the prime minister, and, um, and there's also the governor of Thede and other checks and other other ways of uh, sharing power. These these monarchic institutions are quite democratic. Um, just thinking about convergence and how Aram and Arano are also monarchies. They're not democratic because they're locked in this forever war between each other and. That's driving everything they do and choose to do. Uh, I wonder if that's really what makes the the Galactic Republic less democratic. Uh, both the quest for expansion, the quest for economic expansion, that leads very easily and very quickly into the Empire's quest for military expansion, subjugating worlds, exploiting resources. Uh, you mentioned this tension between Core and Ederim. I mean. Yeah, it's called the 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 Mississippi Compromise, right? With the yeah. two senators and then representation by population. I mean, that's actually a good idea, right? If you're going to have two different bodies, um, you know, a bicameral legislature, if they're both going to be elected, okay, that aspect of it does make sense. Hopefully, you know, with the Alberta example, there are ways of giving minorities more more rights and more of a voice. That's kind of the point of a charter of rights and freedoms. You know, I mean, the, the, the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms really in part, well, primarily evolved to give French language uh, its equal place, even if it has a smaller population. Similarly, you have Outer Rim worlds who that just don't have this voice and they don't have the, the protections because at its core, pun very much intended here in my pen pun very much intended the republic is a coruscant centered uh entity and everyone and just like just like the roman empire right it's called the roman empire the senate and people of rome is the city of rome and just in their psyche in their mindset everything is about uh securing and ensuring the prosperity of the Senate and people of Rome and, and the surrounding central Italian countryside and cities around in that orbit, just like the core, um, just like you talk about the South and how the people were defined by white corporate interests in the South and still are in, in tragic ways. You know, I mean, uh, this is still, you know, the, the judicial injustice is still going on. You know, George Floyd, his murder changed some things, but the fact that that was still even possible just two, three years ago um, says, yeah, that we, the people 
whoever we the people are, it's still a matter of protecting ourselves and not finding the common good, the common goal. And so, uh, I mean, maybe, I don't, I don't know what the point is in terms of democracies being, uh, monarchies being more democratic. Maybe I think it is. Like, is weird on that point. That's just my yeah. Point. Maybe George was kind of making that point, but you know, I kind of want to fancifully say, and it's not like Canada's that much better, but you know, at least the supreme that that chief exec well chief executive power, you know, is something that people clamor for, and, and you know, to be prime minister is something people clamor for. But also, I mean, it's not always. I mean, that's another problem with uh, politics today, and, and even even perennially public office is not always doesn't really attract the brightest and best the private sector with all its money is what attracts the brightest and best the most creative people um either that or uh non-governmental organizations or other uh other institutions and so you have the second and third son if you will uh actually being the one running for office and yeah, it, it doesn't lead to that much creativity and leadership either. So, um, yeah, I mean, maybe what with the stories we see about monarchies, they are, um, they're stories like of Leia being trained from youth to to rule benevolently. You see of Padme being this exceptional young girl who does pursue the common good, and so she's chosen to, to rule. And um, and there's that kind of decision making. Maybe again, the point, and I'm going to repeat the point here, is, um, well, maybe this is it, and this is the thing we keep talking about, we keep bringing up. The problem is, uh, we think democracy just stops at elections, and I, oh, yeah. George's point was, you cannot just stop democracy at elections. But it's even worse than that because barely anyone votes anymore. So you got to at least vote. And if you vote, then you're going to have people in there who are going to listen to you. You're going to have more voice. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy that you know, political efficacy is in a lot of ways also a self-fulfilling prophecy. And um, yes, there are ways that marginalize and encounter and, you know, contemporary versions of the literacy tax that happens. Voter suppression happens. Um, but for the people who aren't suppressed, those of us who aren't, you know, and the, those who are, you know, young under 25, I'm sorry, I know I'm going to sound like this uh, kids these days thing, but man, if kids these days who weren't, who aren't suppressed actually got out and voted, I, I think that would make a big difference too. So, or if you don't yeah. believe in electoral politics, at least do something, join an organization that you believe in. Right, exactly. I mean, that's another thing is we also Over think Union. politics... Here's another thing is we think politics mm -hmm. stops at state institutions. And, um, I mean, you look at what Sabe and Padme and Sabe are trying to do on Tatooine, right? Now, Padme, of course, is part of a state institution. But Sabe is kind of parallel to that and, and off the beaten path of that. And uh, that's, a, that's a great example. Padme gets her start in non-governmental organizations that are uh, are providing relief and mercy missions you know so yeah it george is, is pointing beyond us, and this is just george this is claudia gray as well uh but point and, and ek johnson pointing beyond 
our assumptions about what politics is, what democracy can be. And uh, it, it, it's, it's, yes, it needs the fundamentals of, of rights and of uh, elections and uh, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, etc. cetera. Uh, but it's how you use that freedom then is, is really, uh, yeah. I mean, that's George's whole point. Even when you're talking about the force, the Jedi, that's still political. Are you serving the light? Are you seeking the common good? Are you being compassionate, open to those who are different? That's profoundly political and profoundly democratic in that you're gathering people together in communities of, uh, equal sharing and equal flourishing and it's uh yeah it it changes societies it can change lives um it's ultimately his hopeful message it's one that looking to i mean maybe this is a bit of an anti-social democratic thing looking to a coruscant state to actually solve these problems for us uh you know not not so successful and maybe that's a question for for the new republic um it's clearly that the late republic was clearly failing to uphold uh democratic rights george's classic line democracies aren't stolen they are given away with thunder well, if you want a, a great example of democracy in star wars strangely i think andor had the best one that all of Ferrix, mm-hmm. a community coming together yeah. And then kicking some butt, um, yeah. kicking some imperial butt probably didn't succeed, but still, that was like solidarity among your mm-hmm. fellow man yeah. or person. Um, that to me was quite uh, quite inspiring. That kind of the, sort of the, I think you need the societal approach, mm-hmm. otherwise those institutions don't mean anything really. Right? What are they? But just hollowed out stuff. And institutions as servants, right? Not as I mean, that's another thing is. You know, you have the Jedi Temple, and it's it's this literal ivory tower that sits on top of this, of course, on on top of the galaxy. You have the Senate, and that Senate building, this I don't know, this this enclosed case that sits on top of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in some ways, change could happen. At that point, were they too far gone, and and you know, it's not through looking to institutions so much. Institutions can be servants. Global institutions can be servants. I am, I'm not saying that. My day job is a lot of covering the Pope. <laughs> He's doing a good job, I think. This one especially. But, uh, you know, even he'd be the first to say, don't look to me. Uh, what are you called to do now? Who, what kind of communities are you called to do? Called to be? Yeah. So, I guess a question, another question that I've been thinking about for a while. Uh, Republic, mm-hmm. this Republic lasted a thousand years before the Empire came. Um, obviously, a lot of this just, oh, you know, your, your typical fantasy of a thousand years, it's a fancy word. Um, but I'm surprised that the Republic didn't have multiple authoritarian <laughs> slides beforehand. Mm-hmm. And I came up with this because I was reading an interesting article about uh, World War One in America. Um, mm. if, you, if you think you know America's sliding into authoritarian of the day, oh, you you you're lucky. This is nothing compared to what's going on in World War One when Woodrow Wilson was mm. president. There were like a thousand people arrested 
wealthy socialists like Eugene Debs. Eugene Debs, who won like 13% independent. Or uh, was it 5%? The, the high number for an independent. Um, yeah. of, the, uh, of the time. Um, uh, you know, popular dude. Popular dude. He got arrested. They arrested him. They censored a lot of the press heavily. Mm-hmm. Heavy press censorship against the war and against opponents. Um, the postmaster general apparently had that power and he loved it. One of the <laughs> early, early tools of the FBI, Hubert, Herbert Hoover. Um, you know anything about that? It's very authoritarian kind mm. of thing. And this was a couple hundred years ago, but in the time yeah. of crisis. And obviously, you know, Woodrow was Wilson, years he, ago. You know, obviously, Woodrow Wilson yes. didn't declare himself the first American emperor. You know, he, mm. he, he, Follow the institutional rules of election in four years, and then I'm out, and then new guy wins, and then Republicans mm-hmm. have power in the 20s. Um, but um, I'm just kind of shocked that Star Wars hasn't gone with the idea of, you know, like, Palpatine isn't the first authoritarian ruler of the Republic. Um, even Rome had a couple authoritarian dictators before Caesar decided, oh, you know what, I'm just going to rule for life. Yeah. Um, and even he was, he came to power... I mean, during Caesar's time, when he declared an empire, it was still formally a republic. Right. Right. So it's yeah. sort of like, I'm kind of shocked that we haven't gotten a story yet. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is just Star Wars wanting to be fanciful for its fantasy. Because it is a fantasy at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, Palpatine was the first one to do this and really break the mold. But, like, I don't know. I kind of think it'd be more interesting if, like, the Republic did have multiple slides into authoritarianism. Mm-hmm. They just never went the full on, and now the emperor. I mean, right. I know in legends, like a cult of humanist Pius D took over, and <laughs> then it wasn't until a hut chancellor that thing got better. But uh, <laughs> it's true. Leave it to a hut chancellor to make things better, right? <laughs> I know. I, mean, I actually find that kind of interesting. I, That's funny. I, it's nice to see the huts actually not be terrible for once. Yeah. Um, but um, but you know, it's like why well, did I am surprised that there just wasn't mm-hmm. you know a crafty politician who took over. Even though he did, they didn't want to become the emperor for life, and just sort of did an author had an authoritarian streak for yeah. eight years, four years, and the republic limped along, but still, um, mm-hmm. it wasn't just Palpatine. Because uh, I think it kind of plays into the idea of like Palpatine is building upon just decades or centuries of just long decline. Just not republic was bad, republic was good until Palpatine. And then they all got bad. Like, I, I think we should see more times of crisis and times of maybe even authoritarian, corrupt chancellors who are using their, their office to, like, not just make some money, but also maybe some political opponents along the way. Um, so I'm just kind of curious about that as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have some thoughts to that. To add to that. Oh, yeah, go I mean, ahead. Go ahead. Um, I mean, yeah, or, or in response to that, I mean, yeah, I mean, it seems kind of likely a little bit. Uh, I think phase two especially is setting up a, a bit of an answer to that or two two fold answer that first of all, I mean, you see uh, even just in convergence in my mind here, uh, Chancellor Molo and Chancellor Greylark, they're joint chancellors. So they kind of check each other, but they have these ambitions and they have these, uh, they're, they're maneuvering against each other and, that could lead to some trouble, could lead to some problems uh, in terms of a, a, a power grab here and there. Uh, 
is that I think what phase two as a whole is set up is that no, it just wasn't feasible. wasn't really possible to actually exercise that kind of power because the technology to actually communicate wasn't there. Right. You know, um, that's why, you know, even now we haven't still haven't had any sort of world government, even though now the technology is only now starting to be able to communicate, to communicate is now, now feasible. You know, the British empire happened whenever the British Armada came through the Roman empire happened only when the army came through primarily. I mean, that's when people really only experienced it the most, even that they were just localized around the Mediterranean or, you know, the British empire was more worldwide, but you know, the, the galactic Republic, it really actually doesn't uh, really extend all that far. And again, communication is hard. You have these, uh, these pathfinder teams and you actually have to, the only way to communicate across these interstellar distances are, is to record your message, pop it into a, a droid, send the droid through hyperspace along, you know, and, and yeah, that takes time. That takes effort. That takes resources. Um, some people have those resources. Some people don't, but all that means is that that kind of domination just isn't really desirable either. And so I, I think they're, they're leading to that, but there's also room to tell other stories. There's room to tell a later story in between say phase phase, the phase two timeline, the phase, time period, and the phase one time period. Maybe, I don't know, maybe something, probably not something after phase two. If anything, it's more, or phase one rather, or phase three of the story. There is more about how the Jedi become corrupted in themselves. But you have your theory about how, it was your theory, I think, about how there's a technological decline. There was greater technological capacity, and then that leads to decline, uh, kind of a dark ages, if you will. Yeah, I mean, there's between that thousand year mark and phase two, there's also 750 years to actually tell a story. So why not? There could be. You, you bring up Rome and, and all those um, those examples, and I'm like, actually, that's maybe a good point, because, like, mm-hmm. but that's also a question of, like, well, what's stopping these chancellors from becoming the dictator of Coruscant and just Coruscant? Right. Like, you know, Caesar and the emperors, mm-hmm. they ruled the empire, and they were definitely probably a very powerful man. Like, they, they could affect those provinces, but in terms mm-hmm. of, like, immediate day-to-day stuff, it's like, they were pretty much just dictator of the city. Yeah. Um uh, you know, and even the even you know back in this, they're like, they just like, hey, local tribal chief, maybe you're good, maybe you beat up your people every day. Mm-hmm. Just swear allegiance to us, and you can keep doing the same thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Maybe I'll give like a give a cut of the profits. Um, yeah, and, you know, that's, that's kind of, and in a weird way, that's kind of the republic kind of does in maybe a certain sense of like, hey, you planet where you don't mm-hmm. have to change your ways, just join us, get a senate seat, cool, and mm-hmm. you know keep doing what you're doing get some economic trade out of it and some tech from us. So it would be interesting if like a chancellor who was ambitious, not became emperor, but during his reign or her reign or their reign Mm kind of became the unofficial dictator of Coruscant and Coruscant had like a very authoritarian moment for a little bit. It's possible. And then they, they squelch it and along comes someone like Lena. So says, no, we're all the Republic. Oh no! I mean, you know, I'd be surprised if she goes a little dark. She she's got two yeah. lions as pets. That's true. That is true. She's a um, little. I'm, I'm waiting. But for like, it. I mean, like I said, the, 
there's 750 years of story in there for localized repression, localized tyranny, even on Coruscant. It's possible. Exactly. And I mean, you know, Coruscant was by the time of the late Republic was already kind of a trashy place to be. Like True. so much decadence and corruption. It's like no wonder the senators got easily yeah. swayed. And then just uh, under the surface is exactly. a whole other planet. Uh, you know, you talked about indigenous communities being like the uh, underdeveloped countries, uh, you know, here in Canada. Yeah, just under the surface, there's all these uh, basically as bad as Nar Shaddaa or anywhere else, you know, so. And some of those senators like to go down there because they have uh, stuff that can please them. Yes. So, totally by why my Mosma would want to get that get capital out of Coruscant. I think Coruscant... Or Axel Greylark liking to go down and gamble, you know. <laughs> exactly, or yeah. like, I, I get the Jedi wanting to maybe try and Purify that it's like, eh, maybe you should have kept the Jedi Temple and the Order way over there in a yeah. nice little green planet like Tython. Tython's nice. Yes. Um, <laughs> over there, far away, far away <laughs> from everyone. Um, that also that also kind of brings me to um, uh, to I kind of we kind of talked about that phase three, but it kind of makes me it makes me wonder. You know, I wonder if Palpatine's own ego just overdid it. Like, I could totally see a situation where it's like. The Sith could rule the galaxy, kill the Jedi, do all that stuff. But they don't have to be in the open. What's just stopping Plagueis and Palpatine from being all uh, shadowy? Like, okay, Masamita, you're a weakling. You're our chancellor for life. Run the show. We're going to be in the shadows. But, you know, we're not going to actually show ourselves. So people think, well, we're still a republic. We're still a republic. We're not a republic anymore. But just, we're just not going to go the full blast. But I guess that's just Palpatine's own ego. Like, no, I got to be the emperor. I got to have it all be up me. I got to do the cool authoritarian, totalitarian statues of me. I, I mean, that's Luke's point in Return of the Jedi. You know, your overconfidence is your weakness. Mm-hmm. Also, that's evil. That's what evil does. It wants to be the become the center of attention inevitably. It doesn't have that patience that it claims it does. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, so, I agree. Palpatine's the 80s villain who won and kind of doesn't know what to do with himself. I mean, he literally is an 80s villain. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, to be fair. With the super laser and all. Um, <laughs> <It's true. laughs> Just, um, George Lucas did it well. And Lawrence Kasdan and, and Irvin Kirshner, but <laughs> Yeah, um, but no, I mean, you know, it's like but again, it's sort of like, you know, historically speaking, like, how, how many dictators these days, minus a few, like, go whole hog and just declare themselves an emperor? Like, mm-hmm. they're crazy. Some like, they're not, they're that overt, at least not yet. Right. Like, you know, and, uh, I don't want to say anything, but it's sort of like, you know, certain people we don't like aren't, haven't declared themselves emperor yet, despite, I mean, maybe in their dreams, but mm-hmm. like, no one's gone along with it, and that's maybe just the fiction of Star Wars. Um, that's another part of it, yeah. I think it's also like the thousand years fantasy, fantasy. Yeah, maybe the Jedi kept them in check. Maybe, maybe the yeah, Jedi yeah. stuck to their ideals a little better. I don't know. I speaking of the Jedi, I guess it gets to phase three of the higher public. Like, mm-hmm. puts in the note, you know. I said, um, you know, the, the easiest time to fall into an authoritarian. Um, down slip is in times of crisis. 
You know, we yeah. saw this a little after you know, 9-11. We saw this a little bit in World War One. Mm-hmm. We did better during World War II, unless you're Japanese, the German camps. Um, a lot of this during the Cold War, a little, uh, obviously, you had the authoritarian slides. Um, mm-hmm. I am going to be curious how, if they decide, you know what, let's let's show the Republic's first little slide into authoritarianism with this Nile problem mm-hmm. that's really causing us an issue. You know, it's like, you know, Chance the Leader shows like we're all a Republic, but where does like, I'm a proud believer turn into like, well, you know what, we got to get on the dragon and burn the place down. <laughs> yeah. I you know, like, I'm so self-confident. This is the right thing we got to do. Um, no one questioned my decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of situation. Yeah. Um, and maybe the Jedi, you say, keep it in check, but who knows? Maybe I mean, obviously, there wasn't a big schism mm-hmm. between the Jedi and the Republic for now. So, well, what I was gonna say there is that's the moment, right? We see this in in the I have the Storm comic. I think we see the moment when the Jedi say, "That's it. We're closing up shop here." We'll just we're just gonna go along with whatever the Republic does. They're the ones to keep us safe because we can't handle this Nile thing. Uh, we're just gonna yeah, just re- retreat all to the Jedi Temple. That's this weird thing. This general retreat. They've had temples across the galaxy doing their thing, being the defenders of peace and justice in the galaxy. Actually, the best they could. Uh, but no, we're actually we can't handle this anymore. We're we're, we're out. We're, we're going to close up shop. Uh, Senate, let us know when you want us to go uh, negotiate some trade dispute or something. But uh, not there to actually be the moral core of the galaxy, to be the, the soul of the galaxy, of the Republic. Uh, they claim they are because they're of the Republic now, but not really able to speak truth to power unless you have someone who comes along like Qui-Gon who is able to do that. Like I think what Keith Trennis is going to try and do, that is the schism, right? You talk about uh, a master who leaves is by definition a schism because they have that much prominence and authority and respect. Um, Maybe they take people with them, maybe they don't, but in themselves they embody what the Jedi are supposed to be and who the Jedi are. And uh, the, the uh, greatest, the ideals, the ones who've given their whole lives up to that point in you know, that extensive years of training and commitment for them to leave is a big deal. And so, again, I, I do think that is Keith Trennis's story. Um, yeah, maybe that'll, that'll point to this authoritarian split, slip, uh, slip, right? That'll point to, the Jedi in a, unable to step out and say, no, wait a minute, this isn't right. Leading to someone like Mace Windu, who senses a plot to destroy the Jedi. He can't do anything about it, because he has no idea who it is or where it's coming from. Um, they're already in too deep. Yeah, and you know, I do, and I don't want to make this too much about higher public phase 3 speculation, although this is sort of a, sort of a thing in terms it's of... It's gone like, there. Look, I mean, it makes... I, mean, I, I think it makes sense that it's gone there, because that's, that's what they're trying to get at. That's what they're trying to answer. A little bit, not answer, but set up. Anyway, keep going. Because obviously, we know that you know the public going to stay a republic. The institutions of a republic are still mm-hmm. going to be there. There will be no emperor mm-hmm. at the end of this. But what stop? But what's stopping the story from going? Chancellor, uh, so Leo, so am I correct? Um, mm-hmm. going, you know, the Nile 
have to stop. I'm mm -hmm. going to, you know, let's vote to, you know, I'm going to wrangle my political opponents even to, you know, hey, we got to have a crackdown on this mm -hmm. Nile. We're going to go, we may be a little overzealous about it. And that leads to authoritarians where even the slightest little, you know, it's like the Red Scare. It's like the slightest mm -hmm. little, hey, maybe sure. we shouldn't do this. Like arrest them. And then even worse, like maybe local defense forces gather up, they attack a Nile planet and it's just this, massive wave of repression on this poor planet where even the civilians get kind of swapped in the crossfire it's just a massacre right. um it's like very a repressed repression against these planets mm -hmm. that they have nile it's empire before empire essentially and and it's you know the 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 tragedy of malachor exactly. as well you know history repeating itself there um yeah, I mean, but then you also talk about, I mean, the thing of everything with Dooku being the 20th master to leave um, and how the Jedi just aren't there to actually root out corruption. Like, we talk about him being right. Yeah, I mean, all this, everything we're talking about here is who could actually preserve democracy, preserve enlightenment. And, you know, I mean, I talk about the Dark Ages. During... You know, you know the fall after the fall of the Roman Empire and the the fracturing of Western Europe. There were church institutions that preserved science and learning, and and it ultimately led to the rediscovery of Aristotle and the 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 opening up of of scientific discovery in the Middle Ages. Uh, you know, the Jedi aren't there to do that. They aren't there to keep uh, authoritarians in check. And yeah, it, you know, it could be, and it could be another thing where they go so far to the extreme. Uh, I'm just thinking of this other this thought right now is, you know, we talk about how much will the acolyte refer to High Republic. What if the the luminous authors have at least some sense of where the acolyte begins, and they actually at least see things in that lead to that tie into the acolyte, kind of the other way around in part as a reflection of the the growing evil of the Republic, growing authoritarianism, centralization. I mean, the thing we, we keep talking about, we haven't talked about it much, is um, just why does the Trade Federation have a senator? Why does the banking clan have a senator? You know, um, they have the Citizens United vote. <laughs> yeah, there you go, exactly. You know, but, um, you know, I mean, who knows what this Sith cultist is up to and, and cares about and wants. Um, maybe we'll get some background to that that may or may not be referenced in the show but for those who are reading phase three we'll see and, and it'll see might have something to do with this I mean this is the reason Kathleen Kennedy maybe mentioned this whole end of High Republic era um, yeah to get back to what we're, we're talking about in yeah this this slide into authoritarianism in different ways, kind of the, the like you said, the death by the empire dies by a thousand cuts, the republic dies with thunderous applause, but also by a thousand cuts. Bring it full circle. A thousand there years, a thousand yeah. cuts in a thousand years. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's how it should be. Like, yeah. you know, like the not like the republic was happy time, but then Palpatine became then. Well, he ruined anything. Mm -hmm. Palpatine sucks. You know, he mm -hmm. he already took what's already there. He just, mm -hmm. It was there from the beginning. I mean, you know, Plague's novel kind of says, oh, he kind of helped manipulate mm -hmm. it to get to get it there but it's like he was building like they've been building on stuff that was already there from the get-go probably yeah. from day one of the formation it's like just slowly just slowly just the long decay like 
it's like the fall of the Roman Republic or even the Roman Empire. Even it wasn't a, just a single day. Then remember Empire, like it was a thousand different little things until it finally just went. Yeah. Um, With that sound effect too. But no. <laughs> it took us forever to get there. Um. So last thing I guess mm-hmm. we should talk about is um the future of like, in mm-hmm. the New Republic and kind of what little we know about it in canon at least. Um, for what they're trying to do differently, what they're trying to improve upon, shall we say, maybe where they even fell short, and where, of course, overcorrection. Because I do think sometimes that happens. Sometimes you overcorrect and say, oh, now you're going too far this way. Um, not really a fault of the New Republic, per se, but certainly just the choice of Luke himself is uh, he decided, you know what, Jack's not going to really get involved too deep. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get involved in this. I'm going to go do some Jedi thing to look up some people, maybe find some friends <laughs> and just kind of do my own thing. That was one of the big ones. Um, Mon Mothma deciding not to have Coruscant be the capital anymore. Like <laughs> some of that, because obviously Coruscant wasn't liberated by the time the empire fell. And we wanted to get this Republic thing up and running to kind of fill in the power vacuum as probably a bunch of plants are uprising. Cause like, Oh my gosh, the emperor's dead. We got to yeah. go people. We got our chance. Let's do it. Um, let's do this while we have the chance. Um, I mean, the, the rotating capital is what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah. The specifically, capital. although conveniently her home planet. <laughs> Favoritism much? But anyway. um, I'm curious if the Changilla overthrew the kind of conser- a conservative aristocracy who believed in uh, young marriage. In the early That's age. true. That's an interesting um, uh, But I uh, know I think the rotating capital is an interesting idea, kind of like... Mm-hmm. Fair, uh, although it does, although there are some questions, like much like the Olympics, it's like, should some of these plants have the infrastructure? <laughs> like, like the World Cup, yeah. Um, but that also yeah. brings into another thing of like, did they reform? So, like, okay, if you want to join a republic, you can't just be like, here we go, sign the papers. Like, no, mm-hmm. you got to have democratic institutions, you got to be, you have to elect your senators. All senators are now elected, not appointed. Yeah. No, it's full-on free, fair elections, equality, kind of like our Senate in a way, uh, hopefully without the done filibuster rule. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, sort of like, no, that we're going to egalitarianize this thing. Um, obviously, the chancellor's still elected by the Senate, um, <laughs> which I think that still should happen because I think it's, it's like, it's, like, it's more like a parliamentary democracy in that way where it's like you don't yeah. directly elect your prime minister. We should directly elect our president, but that's a whole different discussion. Mm-hmm. Get rid of the electoral college. Um, but um, mm-hmm. they got that. Um, obviously, the demilitarization and the localization of forces. I'm curious yeah. if that also comes with, like, you know, you, your plan also has to be democratic, so you have to follow certain rules. We're not going to help you if you're, like, just a dictator, a mere mm-hmm. dude. You know, you get to. We want our planet members to also adhere to our democratic values. Both. Do they have the responsibility to protect? Yeah. Um, you know, the the UN doctrine on intervention. Yeah, that too. Um, and obviously, you know, maybe, but also I think maybe the other bigger problem is um, where they overcorrected was maybe not be an um, harder enough on you know cracking down, in this case, cracking down on imperial remnants, both maybe within and without their own forces, and sort of letting mm-hmm. them slip by either back into power in the known galaxy, or obviously going off to the unknown regions and 
forming the first order in mm-hmm. Exegol. So, yeah. Um, just your thoughts, Matthew, on the New Republic, the overcorrection, yeah. maybe the, the idealism, but also maybe the faulty idealism. I mean, I think, so I'll say the biggest overcorrection <laughs> is we see with Luke uh, on Octo, especially, you know, uh, recusing himself. Uh, yeah. It's it's odd, right? He he takes the wrong lesson from from the, the general retreat into Coruscant. Uh, he thinks that what that meant was that um, the Republic are supposed to recuse themselves from the galaxy, or the Jedi are supposed to re- recuse themselves from the galaxy, um, recuse themselves from being entrenched in Republic interests and political interests, sure. But he thought that meant we can't actually speak to what the Senate is doing and what is happening in society. And I mean, that's Frank. I mean, uh, this, this is a real world thing where, you know, we thought, um, you know, the, the end of Christendom, the end of uh, the, the Christian consensus in society, the way Christians repressed a lot of minorities, late white churches repressed a lot of minorities meant that we have nothing to say anymore. And we should, we should just, retreat into our little churches and little hovels and whatever, not say anything good or helpful or beneficial as if we don't have anything good or helpful or beneficial to say. I, I do think that is instead of trying to find a new way forward for the Jedi in the Republic. And that, I mean, the numbers were so small there too, but um, we're like, you know, one. even Leia was like, nah, 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 nah. yeah. Um, and, I, and I think Leia wanted him to, I mean, Leia wanted him to come along and say, help advise me, help be a spiritual mentor, um, train me too. So, um, you know, but yeah, so uh, there's that overcorrection. I think the biggest thing, though, that makes this whole question difficult is we have not seen the Republic taken seriously, either in-universe or out-of-universe, the New Republic, the 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 whatever it's going to be called, right? Dinjarin says in, what, the first episode, it's a joke. And I want to see stories of people who do not take it as a joke. It's a joke when it gets bombed by an imperial, uh, just the, the empire trying to destroy or, or some imperial remnant trying, trying to obstruct the, the galactic concordance. It gets not taken seriously when mom Mothma is trying to send a fleet to Jakku to respond. That's a whole problem of course of, of rearmament, um, I, you know that that's the question of when it can and when it can't. I mean, you can get some sort of like Sokovia Accords or something happening there. That might actually be interesting. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, everything going on with with, with the Mandalorian and um, we see Luke and Ahsoka. Even it is a lot smaller, and that's the problem. Is uh, just because it's small means it's not taken seriously. And yet, I mean, I think Claudia Gray is the only one to really take it seriously by showing the way Leia took it seriously um, towards the end of the, the, the New Republic. Um, like, there's something about it being smaller that could actually make it more genuine and have more integrity because... I think that's the point, though. I think like I'm saying is... Well, I'd like to see that point made in, the, in a story. I don't think it has been. I think Claudia Gray did her best to, to start it, but it's a paper canon story. It's a great story, Bloodline, um, but you know, it, it's set later. I guess is it the thing. It's set later in the timeline. It is Leia. I want to see 
be taken seriously because, and I do think part of that, yes, um, it is cool to see a bounty hunter off on the beaten path doing his thing. You know, sure, that's what John Favreau is interested in. That's great. Um, Ahsoka, I don't know how much it's really going to delve into any of this stuff. Probably not, but maybe. I mean, if, if Hera is around, Hera might be involved in, in the New Republic more, right? Um, I wouldn't be shocked, yeah. There would be a connection to Wedge and to others in, in the New Republic Armed Forces. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Legends took it a lot more seriously. Legends really dove in and, and explored what it could be and what it could become. I will say this, is that um, after such a great democratic failure, that is the empire. Um, you know, I, I know you disagree with this uh, a little bit of the details, but after World War II and, you know, how many decades, eight decades after World War II, everything that is, you know, I mean, Germany has its problems, has its divisions, has its ethnic conflicts, all that. It There's this real aversion to any kind of authoritarianism that is a healthier version to it. <laughs> There's a healthy allergy to it. We're now. And so, oh, oh, I mean, I, I think in, in the way it's set up in a lot of ways, and um, again, I keep on lauding it. And again, of course, it has its issues, right? I'm not denying that. I want to see Mon Mothma and Velichem and whoever else and Leia sort through those aversions to authoritarianism into a way of utilizing political power as a servant of society and a servant of democratic community and not just of rights and freedoms, but also of flourishing. And, you know, there are heroes for a reason. They are set up to be people who actually care about these things. Yes. With complication, I think Mom Mothma is a more complex, complex character. I think someone like Amalyn Holdo may be a bit more complex saying with the spark that it will restore the republic well why <laughs> you know um which republic and why but yeah we we need i want to see this story taken more seriously because um it also has that aspirational thing borrow a little bit from gene ronmary just a little bit give us this aspirational story of what the united states could be what the un could be what um, you know, uh, a society emerging post-COVID could be, post-George Floyd could be, right? Could be, could become. Give us that story, regardless of if the cool, sexy bounty hunter doesn't take us seriously. Uh, what makes sense? He have, shouldn't take it seriously. He's the bounty hunter living in the He shouldn't. Earth. That's fine. Uh, but I want to, but, but people resonated with that and, and resonated with ways that are understandable. Um, it named political inefficacy. It did, but let's tell me a story now of political efficacy, democratic efficacy, even start based on Chandrilla or Hosdian Prime or wherever. It's actually funny you mentioned legends because, like, it's true, but not really. Like, New Republic was better in the '90s, and then once the 2000s hit. That's when the Republic became pretty much just the Empire again. Like, literally, Jason okay. Solo became the yeah. Chancellor, and it went authoritarian, like, really quick. Well, fair enough. I, I mean, and that's the cyclical nature of these things, but... Also, yeah. wasn't half healthy that Timothy Vaughn's book, The Military People, were considered, like, 
good guy, and the politicians were all like, "Oh, that politician, he's yeah, Akbar from from taking charge and kicking Thrawn." Butt. I hope uh, Tim's on ages better. I'm worried that he's not going to age as well. You know, like his stories. I mean, hope he ages fine personally. But his original Thrawn trilogy is still pretty fine, but there's a lot of issues that have sort of sure. the foundations of the old EU and. No, no, not really. I'm afraid yeah. not. I think the answer to that is no. Okay, um, but like, like his current contributions, I mean, Thrawn, common good, and lesser evil. I still have to listen to lesser evil. Forgot about that. But anyway, um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah. Um, I'm I'm curious. I mean, we are gonna see Carson Tiva, Kansas yes. Carson Tiva, Carson Tiva, also Car- Lee. He does have more to do. It's true. Season three, and I think. Whatever range of the New Republic might have been, that storyline probably mm-hmm. going to be integrated into Mando proper through him. I mean, we see him in the trailers, and we know we're going to probably see the Republic with Gideon. Um, mm-hmm. That has to be addressed in some point. Um, I actually didn't consider Hera and Ahsoka, because I consider Ahsoka story to be more just m- more just full on. Forcey fantasy stuff, you know, Filoni's yeah. kind of thing. Of with she's a space wizard. She's one of my space yeah. wizards. She's my favorite, one of my favorite space wizards. So, uh, but I would like to see Hera because I do think if there was anybody who kind of probably sticking with it, the mm-hmm. New Republic thing, it is probably Hera. She, yeah. I mean, she was with there when it was forming, obviously with Alphabet Squadron, mm-hmm. and I don't see why she would retire anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she for some reason just gave up the cause. Um, I actually was interested though. Um. Get a little controversial here. Um, Cara <laughs> Dune, who well, you know, the character, the fiction character, character, yeah. Um, I kind of wish she, I mean, she could have been recast or stuck around because she had an interesting mm-hmm. reason for leaving the New Republic where she's like, she was a rebel fighting the Empire, but then when it became about escorting diplomats and putting down riots, um, that's when she kind of started, you know, when mm-hmm. they had to do the government become a government. You know, that's kind of when she lost her kind of oomph. Although she became a marshal again, so clearly she must have felt something right. about for the New Republic, so clearly she must have thought it was worth it again. Mm-hmm. I feel like she had an arc off screen that we never saw. But Yeah. Well, um, wait, I'll let you finish. Go ahead. Um, and obviously you got good people like Carson Tiva out there who, you mm-hmm. know, kind of do wish the New Republic were doing a little bit more hunting down the Empire because they know it's out there, but uh, mm-hmm. she clearly got uh, Cara Doom did rejoin the ranks, so he must have said something that yeah. he liked. I mean, you bring Cara Dune, and, and I don't think it's controversial to talk about Cara Dune, the character, and wanting more of her story. That's that's I think that's fair game. Um, yeah, you know, you talk about that's another character who didn't take the, the Republic seriously, and actually had to be convinced by. I mean, Apatrono Carson Div is the first person we've really seen on screen to take the, the Republic seriously. Uh, a little bit. He's still concerned that not enough is being done, like you said. Anyway, um, he has to convince Kara to come back and to to take part and to believe in a wider galaxy and a wider, un- more unified galaxy. And that's that's the promise of the Republic. It's the promise of the United Federation of Planets. It's the promise of the United Nations. Um, it's promise of. It is the promise of American foreign policy at its best when it seeks to actually support democratic reforms in uh, countries throughout the world, uh, you know, and with, with, with peace and development initiatives. And uh, you know, that is there. 
it's just again the corporate interests the military interests take over um too often but yeah uh carson teva again you know i mean the the you know the Canadian taking over and and, and helping out with <laughs> uh, taking I, over I, the I, I mean, I like him. So there we go. I love Carson Tifa. So yeah, uh, yeah. No, no, I don't want to make this too. I do, I do think. I don't just hope. I do think the New Republic's got to get involved with this somehow. They got drawn yeah. in the mix. But I'm kind of curious how how you do that without because mm-hmm. you are limited by Force Awakens. Force Awakens already yes. set the trend of. Republic didn't take the first order seriously, and that's why they got Star Killer out of existence. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, it'd be like the New Republic does commit to taking out Thrawn. I mean, I'm let's assume this. I could be wrong. I, I maybe <laughs> something different will happen, and yeah. then they're like, "Well, final piece of the Empire gone. Grand Admiral gone. We did it. We won." Let's go. Thrawn could be a good guy. You never know. Be good. In a, I, yeah, that's a, that's on my cold take. I mean, another thing to point out there is again, Mon Mothma's out of the picture. That's you. So what if she was that voice of unity, which she was for oh. the Rebel Alliance, right? I mean, according to Bloodline, she kind of was. Once Mon Mothma left, it's like no mm-hmm. other leader really was able to... Yeah. Um, that's another thing about the New Republic. Just one weird thing. It's like, their chancellors don't seem to have term limits. At least not in, from what I've heard of. Well, I mean, <laughs> prime ministers don't have term limits. Ministers. Uh, but in they, the Old Republic, they did. Palpatine yeah. actually extended his term limits, so he didn't choose right. to do that. Um... But um, but no, I mean, I, I I do think, I think season three will we see we will see the new republic get more involved. I mean, we got Carson Tila. You you saw him in the in the celebration trailers. Mm-hmm. I think he was in one of the trailers they released officially. Yeah, I think I don't so. Remember, remember yeah. and obviously, so I do think I'll be curious to see I just mean, how exactly that all works. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's definitely been a character we've seen mm-hmm. since season. Two at least, yeah. Since season two, I yeah. was, you know, he's been popped that... up in in Book of Boba as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll, I mean, at the the whatever day it was party, uh, he, like Paul Sonny Lee, it was his birthday party kind of thing. Paul Sonny yeah. Lee actually told Dom and me, "Oh yeah, he he has he's had more to do," which definitely hints at some sort of New Republic presence, greater New Republic presence. Again, I do think. That's going to be more focused on Mandalore and Mandalorians and all that. But also, yeah, talking about the rise of the First Order. Again, I don't know if it's going to deal with the Snoke stuff, but if there is anything from the sequel trilogy, it is likely to deal with. It already has started to deal with the rise of the First Order. Right. And, you know, I think I think he and possibly Hera could serve as our avatars for mm-hmm. the New Republic characters. Because mm-hmm. obviously, you know, that's, that's the thing is like all the characters... You know, it makes yeah. sense that Greek Karga and Injar don't care about the New Republic because right. they don't affect their lives. Carson mm-hmm. Hila is a character who is an X-Wing pilot of the New Republic Defense Forces. So he's going to do... <laughs> he's going to do the thing. Oh, last name Prime Show would be cool. Yeah. Let's get, let's uh, get before, I, before we get into the call, I do want to say, just like Kim's Convenience is my city on display. And <laughs> I, I very much identify with that show because of not just the B-roll, but everyone who comes into that that shop, they're great. I think Paul Sun Young Lee is going to be my whole thing of let's actually take, uh, I mean, take these institutions seriously, these civil institutions seriously and communities, wider communities seriously. Uh, like I said before, they're not, you know, they're not the be all and end all. They're not the savior 
but they can be servants of unity and servants of flourishing. So, yes, let's take them seriously. Yes, please, Cosmian Prime Show. Yes, please, more look into the New Republic. Um, before we we go, th- thanks everyone for for jumping there. Um, yeah, I, we we touched on this a little bit um, uh, earlier, but yeah, I mean, generally, again, we likely think there is a. This, I mean, we know the High Republic is the beginning of the end. The accolade is definitely going to be something about the beginning of the end. Um, I speculated, yeah, is it in response, is the Sith uh, you know, machinations in response to the rising, the growth of corporate interests? I mean, I do think that's how the Sith know, okay, it's time to put the final stages of the Bane plan into action. I do think that's what the Acolyte show is about. Maybe, hopefully, well, if it has any wider consequences. More to but, go, folks, before we're there. <laughs> yeah, but only 100 years. So, yeah. I don't know, Joel, if you want to chime in on this one, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it should definitely... I mean, if this is the end of historically the High Republic, then I think some of the, the, the shine of, the, of that era is definitely going to go in the long cracks that probably have been there for a while are really starting to starting to show their colors it's like you know you can trace back a lot of today's problems in america to either reconstruction or ronald reagan so you know to you know give or take a couple decades so you know i think it's like well you can trace back the problems starting in phantom menace to right here to um acolyte perhaps or at least some of the problems probably not all the problems you probably even go further for that, but I mean, I get yeah, I chase it, but I chase it back to the general retreat into the Jedi Temple uh, exactly. after Mark Dinrow says, "Yeah, I caused the destruction of Starlight Beacon. I take responsibility." Exactly. You know, um, yeah. So you know, it's like trace. You can trace the the, the problems with that. Sort yeah. of like how I go back to Mando for a second. How I'm sure I, yeah. I want to hopefully once Mando is done, even though it's about Mandalore, Mandalores. Mm-hmm. That we can trace some of the issues that we saw the rise of the first order to that show, mm-hmm. and I'm sure other shows as well. We got 30 years to go, yeah. lots of perspectives to look at. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely think you know we'll probably see maybe I don't know, hopefully see some of the aesthetic of the High Republic show up. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can tell the the, the gold shine is mm-hmm. starting to dim. The, the shine, no, I don't have the tweet out. The shine on that that guy's ropes. <laughs> Yeah, it's not looking good. good. Um, You know, maybe starting to see some Mm -hmm. of the mega corporations starting to form, or they've already formed. Oh, they've yeah, they've already formed, but to really start to start to crack their deregulation. Yeah, get to work there, or you know, taxation of interstellar trade routes or whatever it is, outlying trade routes. I mean, the the reason that is is a thing that happens. Yeah. Allow corporations um, to build private armies. I, we're keen to, uh, also speaking, of which keen on whatever this countdown to Coruscant is, uh, you know, whatever that, whatever that's happening on your channel. Looking forward to that too. So, <laughs> there we go. There we um, go. but yeah. um, yeah, I think I mean, you know, there's not much to talk about post Rise of Skywalker. Really, just True. who knows at this point? Everyone's kind of like, eh, what do you know? Like, yeah. Then it could form up, or you know, I mean, who could have form? Who could have called for a Senate? Poe, Chancellor. I'm sure Poe. some people would. I'm sure some people would, but 
there's that's another interesting thing is there's no unified galactic society at that point. The the first no order, leaders. the final order. There's which? There's no real leader. There's no either. leaders. Like, yeah, there's no leadership. Yeah. I mean, Lando maybe if he wants to really try, but he kind of wants to do something with Jana. Uh, go go look yeah. for her home. Uh, yeah. of course. Um, you know, yeah. Poe and Finn are generals, but they just got promoted. I don't think Ray. I mean, what is what is the... that? What does that rank mean at this point anymore? Even like it's just the resistance, which was just a little band I, of whatever's that were at the bottom. I don't and... think Ray wants to take on the family business, the genetic no. family, <laughs> the business. family business. <laughs> the what? Genetic... She's a Skywalker. Yeah, the the genetic family business. The genetic family business. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, it's probably going to be move away from even that question entirely i mean there's got to be some sort of communication but it's like yeah your theory of again with uh with phase two of the higher public that's an even greater mm-hmm. kind of just just obliteration of the bonds of unity galaxy wide you know even greater decline leaving local systems do their thing local institutions and well, local networks, informal networks that may be able to cross the galaxy and the technology to communicate across the galaxy is there, but the institutions aren't. Maybe it'll be an organic thing. So they're like, well, you know, you got the people fleet. That was a good first yeah. step. And maybe just leave local people and start helping and then mm-hmm. something kind of naturally builds out of that. Who knows? Yeah, eventually. Um, I mean, that is usually how things happen. But yeah. I mean, technologically, so. things are still pretty where they were. Not like they are, but again, all... Hosdian Prime still happened, right? And everything was concentrated there. And that's part of the problem. And so, or not part of the problem, but that it's all gone. So, right. You... So, who knows? We, we, we still don't know. We probably won't know at least for a couple more years. Um, <laughs> yes. Looking forward to season three of Mando and see uh, Toronto's Carson Diva kind of come are. back and represent, represent New Republic, mm-hmm. hopefully. Um, but yeah. Um, dang, almost two hours. That's probably yep. is it we keep going, show? we keep getting longer and longer. <laughs> well, it's a good discussion, I think. Yeah, it's a good I discussion. Feel, so. No, it's a good thing. So, it's good. Yeah. yeah, I think that should do it. Unless you have any final, final thoughts, I've, uh, I've finaled my thoughts out. Uh, also, I'll take a grandmaster election so I can count the purple smoke. That'd be fun. Pope <laughs> Gray with her big hat. Pope there we Gray go. There we go. The space Pope, space Pope. All right, I think that's a good day to wrap things up. <laughs> Thanks everyone for sticking out. This is, I think, the longest episode of the two of us. Usually we have, uh, if there's a third person or whatnot, we do go longer as well, but, uh, you know, got our policy hats on and talked about things we thought about for a while. So uh, definitely good to get the time, take the time to, to flesh it out. Um, if you liked what you thought, if you disliked what you thought, vehemently disagreed, or vor- uh, voraciously agreed uh let us know in the comments below the comments are still there on the youtube video uh and you know also of course uh let us know on twitter or instagram i'll get to the handles again in a minute uh please do give this video a like and a share subscribe to the Star Wars underworld channel and if you haven't done so already and of course uh get to the the plugs where can they find you on the internet joel yeah you can find me at GID2021, again, at GID2021, or, of course, you can always follow the Ion Cannon pod Twitter, where I do some tweets along threads with ideas, or, you know, if I ever see a great tweet thread about something, I'm going to, I retweet it and just share it, because 
I want to spread that positivity around. Mm-hmm. There you go. Spread, spread the love, spread the ideas, spread the deep cuts as we do here at the Ion Cannon Pod. Follow me on Twitter at NUG45. Still talking about soccer, still talking about Toronto FC, uh, talking about Star Wars, Star Trek, all the all the, the fun stuff. Um, yeah, in Instagram, MNEUG1138. Again, at Ion Cannon Pod, E Y E O N C A N O N P O D on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram, where I mostly. Mostly post uh, Tractor Beam. <laughs> I should put that out there. But yeah, of course, Tractor Beam, my weekly comic reviews coming Fridays on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can also follow, follow the the flagship, uh, the Star Wars Underworld at the SWU. Um, great, great group of folks over there, including Hannah and Dom and Chris and Ben and the fandom fam. Okay, so next week we are going full podcast terry speaking of the fandom fam uh we're looking back on the year that was within the star wars live action talking about all the live action series they're canon by the way so we can talk about them why not um yeah and and we're, we're looking to we have a guest lined up uh a good guest friend of the pod lined up uh you know so keep your eye on that and also keep your eye on the flagship pod this thursday right here on this channel 9 30 eastern 6 30 pacific uh, you'll you'll understand why. But for now, Joel, let's blow this thing and head home. <laughs>